Easter day. Perhaps your decorations are put away now, but I want you to remember Easter is not over. Easter Sunday is the beginning of Easter season, which lasts 50 days until Pentecost. These seven weeks are a time when we can come to fully appreciate the meaning and power of the resurrection. For those of you who do not yet believe, to those of you who may still be seeking, to new believers and to long-time committed Christians, each one of us needs the power of the resurrection faith to raise us to new heights of faith and discipleship. Easter is not over. There is work to be done. We now have the responsibility to share Christ's message of hope, peace, forgiveness, and love. For the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at first letter of Peter. And as believers, he's telling us we have a living hope or a great expectation because we trust a living Christ. Someone said, John is the apostle of love. Paul is the apostle of faith. And Peter is the apostle of hope. Peter was a devoted follower of Christ both before and after Jesus' death and resurrection. And when this letter was written, Peter was very familiar with persecution. He had been beaten and jailed. He had been threatened often, and he had seen fellow Christians die and the church scattered. However, nothing could shake his confidence in his risen Lord. Peter wrote this letter to the church scattered and suffering for the faith, giving them comfort and hope and urging them to continue to be loyal to Christ. Those who suffer for being Christians become partners with Christ in his suffering. Peter offers them joy and hope in times of trouble. First, Peter is written out of the love of a pastor's heart to help people who are experiencing troubled times and for whom worse things still lay ahead. Its warmth appeals to our hearts. Throughout this letter, Peter is thinking about the second coming of Christ. We can remain faithful and endure trials and sufferings with joy because we know the best is yet to come. As Christians, our sufferings are not the end. As we study 1 Peter, we will see how the three themes of suffering, grace, and glory unite to form an encouraging message for believers experiencing times of trial and persecution. True Christian hope is a confident assurance of, of future glory and blessing. In Peter's first letter this morning, we heard that he wrote, you love him even though you've never seen him. That kind of faith brings both salvation and the promise of a day when pain will end and perfect justice will begin. Faith will be rewarded and evil will be punished. Until then, we must faithfully serve God here and now. I know that we don't usually repeat the scripture, but it's only a few verses today, and I would just really I'd like you to think about these seven verses written centuries ago that spill, still speak with us today and every day, especially when we are facing trials. Here's P. 
Peter's words again of encouragement. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God's protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I wonder how many of you would like a rich inheritance, maybe even one that you're not expecting. The Bible has more than 250 references to inheritance, showing that even in ancient times, people were concerned about their legacy. Now, maybe in your lifetime, no one will ever leave you any you know, money or priceless treasures or anything, but God has this priceless inheritance waiting for you, the salvation of your souls. There's no other gift that will ever be more important than your salvation. Ponder the fact that no earthly inheritance will last no matter what you've been given, no matter how much it has or what it's worth, you won't take it with you to heaven when you die. What kind of inheritance can you leave that will last? Sharing your faith with others, your love and your kindness, the ways you touch someone's heart, those are the gifts that will last. What you do in this lifetime is what will be remembered. Because we don't know the future, we must faithfully serve God here and now. Maybe today you need to be mending a hurt, resolving a conflict, working a dull job, maybe confronting a belligerent child, waiting for guidance, rebuilding a marriage, offering forgiveness, or being more trusting. When you are able to do those things, you will be leaving an inheritance that will have a lasting impact. When Jesus was about to be crucified, he gave his disciples the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he said he was leaving them with something else, peace of mind and heart. He also told them that their joy would overflow. When we are suffering and are able to keep a positive and 
um, hopeful attitude, it speaks volumes to others about their faith. It's a tremendous witness. Christians should exhibit peace and joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Perhaps some of you may have heard this story at some point, or maybe it will be new to you, but either way, I hope it will help you to understand why we suffer. It's called the teacup story. There was a couple who used to go to England to shop in the beautiful stores. They both liked antiques and pottery, and especially teacups. This was their 25th wedding anniversary. One day in a beautiful shop, they saw a beautiful teacup. And they said, may we see that? We've never seen one so beautiful before. As the lady handed it to them, suddenly the teacup spoke. You don't understand, it said. I haven't always been a teacup. There was a time when I was red and I was clay. My master took me and rolled me and patted me over and over and I yelled out, let me alone. But he only smiled, not yet. Then I was placed on a spinning wheel, the teacup said, and suddenly I was spun around and around and around. Stop, I'm getting dizzy, I screamed. But the master only nodded and said, not yet. Then he put me in the oven. I never felt such heat. I wondered why he wanted to burn me, and I yelled and knocked at the door. I could see him through the opening, and I could read his lips as he shook his head. Not yet. Finally, the door opened. He put me on the shelf, and I began to cool. <sighs> there, that's better, I said. And he brushed me and painted me all over. The fumes were horrible. I was going to gag. Stop it! Stop it! I cried. He only nodded. Not yet. Then suddenly he put me back into the oven. Not like the first one. This one was twice as hot, and I knew I would suffocate. I begged. I screamed. I pleaded. I cried. All the time I could see him through the opening, nodding his head. Not yet. Then I knew there wasn't any hope. I would never make it. I was ready to give up. But the door opened and he took me out and he placed me on the shelf. One hour later, he handed me a mirror and I couldn't believe it was me. It's beautiful. I'm beautiful. I want you to remember then, he said, I know it hurts to be rolled and patted, but if I had left you alone, you would have dried up. I know it made you dizzy to spin you around on the wheel, but if I had stopped, you would have crumbled. I knew it hurt and it was hot and disagreeable in the oven, but if I hadn't put you there, you would have cracked. I know the fumes were bad when I brushed and painted you all over, but if I hadn't done that, you never would have hardened and you never would have had any color in your life. And if I hadn't put you back in that second oven, 
you wouldn't have survived for very long because the hardness would not have held. Now you are a finished product. You are what I had in mind when I first began with you. God knows what he's doing for all of us. He is the potter and we are his clay. He will mold us and make us so that we may be made into a flawless piece of work to fulfill his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I wonder how many of you have felt or maybe are feeling right now like the teacup. It's hard for us to understand why we have to suffer sometimes, but our trials are part of the refining process that burns away impurities and prepares us to meet Christ. Our trials, our struggles, and our persecutions refine and strengthen our faith, making us useful to God. Life's challenges also help us to draw closer to God for his comfort and assurance that we are not alone. We can trust his faithful promises. You know what? You may explain to a child all the medical reasons why he should have a shot in his arm. But when the nurse gets ready to plunge that needle into his arm, he runs to mommy. Comfort comes in not always knowing the reason why, but in knowing the comforter. It's difficult to face surgery and painful treatment, but we can endure them because we know it will renew our health. You know, and athletes endure rigorous training because they know it will make them stronger and help them to endure longer. As Christians, rejoicing in trials proves and strengthens our faith. And instead of questioning God and feeling defeated, we need to be confident that God knows, plans, and directs our lives for good. God always provides the love and the strength that we need. He helps us to persevere and grants us courage to face the future unafraid. We find out that we are made of what we are made of when our faith is tested. The sufferings of the present can be endured in hope. Praise God because of his priceless inheritance that he has promised us. Perhaps the best way for us to strengthen our faith is to practice those five essential practices for Christian living that we talked about uh, for several weeks. By worshiping and studying, by praying, by sharing our faith, by giving to those in need, by serving others. And by doing so, we serve God by giving ourselves to others and by sharing our faith. It's so important for others to see Christ in us. Christians live in circumstances identical to those of unbelievers throughout the world, but Christians' life view and perspective are quantitatively different because of this living hope, a hope not of the world. That difference is afforded to us by the resurrection. You know, we may not completely understand salvation or the priceless inheritance we will receive, but that's okay. 
That is where trusting the promises of Christ comes in. We are, hopefully, trusting in the process of God making us into what he wants us to be. Not a beautiful teacup, but a beautiful child of God. Not only is the inheritance priceless, but so is the process, even when it feels unbearable. Maybe you can relate to this person's thoughts on the understanding of salvation. I don't understand electricity, but I'm no fool. I'm not going to sit around in the dark until I do. I don't understand the thermodynamics of internal combustion and the hydraulics of the automatic transmission either. But I'm no fool. I'm not going to stay in one place until I do. The truth is that I don't understand a great deal of the things that are part of my everyday life, but I make them part of my everyday life anyway. And the same is true for our salvation. No one will fully understand how God could become a man, how he could die, how his death could be the basis for our forgiveness, how he could give you and me a new life and all the other aspects of salvation. But only a fool would ignore such a great opportunity to experience it just because he didn't understand it. I hope you will take some time to ponder these questions throughout the weeks to come. How can your hope in Christ help you to endure your trials? How does this scripture affect your attitude toward the trials in your life? And in what ways does your hope for a priceless inheritance impact the way you face each day? Embrace these gifts that we've been given as Christians, hope, peace, endurance, joy, and a priceless inheritance. The Easter message continues. Christ died so that one day believers may spend eternity with him. And that truly is a priceless gift. We are his priceless children waiting for his priceless inheritance. Amen.